The COVID-19 pandemic has upended lives and wrecked businesses, and the sports and entertainment sectors in Nigeria, which were looking particularly promising, have been badly affected. While numbers for the local sporting sector, which include betting and gaming, are not available, experts had predicted that the Nigerian entertainment sector was going to be worth over $10 billion in just three years. So, how bad is the damage done by the pandemic and what are the prospects for recovery? Hello and welcome to NOW, our podcast which examines the impact of the COVID-19 pandemic on all aspects of our lives. I am Kadria Ahmed. And I'm Juliet Obata. In this edition, the executive director of the second largest cinema chain in Nigeria, Genesis, tells us why, in spite of the pandemic, he remains optimistic about the sector. We obviously have taken a bit of a more optimistic um, position. And we think that the, the prospects are very are very huge going into the future. Veteran footballer and sports entrepreneur Shegun Odegbami, or the mathematician, as he's fondly called, believes the COVID-19 pandemic presents a unique opportunity for the world, but Africa in particular, to build a better society. I see a world beyond the pandemic situation of opportunities that never existed before, such as we have never seen before that we take this land, this environment, to become the center, the epicenter of a new kind of development and advancement. Adede G.B. Croft of the betting company Winners Gold in Bets says the business has incurred huge losses since the start of the pandemic. We make nothing less than 50 million naira every day. But as I start talking to you, we don't make more than 2 3 million naira. I don't know. I don't know. We are losing. The money-spinning world of sports and the entertainment sector are feeling the heat of the coronavirus pandemic. The measures required to keep the virus at bay, like social distancing, are just not conducive to these industries, and this has led to major upheavals. Bumiya Kini reports. The pandemic has grounded all social and economic activities, including the sporting and entertainment world. From the hard to the soft side of sports, like sport betting, Everything is on hold. Although there are virtual sports betting, lovers of the game said these online sports are not really predictable like other league matches and competition. Lagos and Ogun states are major markets for sports betting in Nigeria. Ironically, they are among the three states that have been locked down due to the pandemic. Bicroft Hadedeji is the regional manager. Lagos West for winner's golden bet. He laments all the loss they've been experiencing since the lockdown. We make nothing less than 50 million naira every day. But as I start talking to you, we don't make more than 2 3 million naira. I don't know. I don't know. We are losing. Because the other area that is not locked down, they are working. But Lagos, that's our major market. This is indeed not the best time in the sporting world in terms of cash flow. Femi Adetula is the public relations officer of the Nigeria Olympics Committee, NOC. He says, so far, no sportsman is affected by the virus, but they have been affected financially. To me, I look at sports that every minute, every second, that there are revenues to be made. And this revenues are no more there. So we 
Paralympics is a sport for special needs athletes. They are supposed to be part of the participants in the National Sports Festival scheduled for March in Benin City, Edo State. But their hopes have been dashed. Prince Feishe Tuare is the coach of para powerlifting. He is unhappy with the turnout of the event. He says his effort to train the athletes has gone to waste. Every day the athletes come to the National Stadium to train. You train them, you caution them. But right now, for a very long time now, he's not able to. Some of them now are go about start drinking, don't affect so many things. And postponing matches and everything is also, maybe this, you see, just like the last festival, this festival that they are supposed to have host. Some of them supposed to have uh, won the gold medal. But right now, <laughs> it's not going to work out. The people that are supposed to win the last festival might not be the ones who to win it again because some of them must have lost form. They might not be in shape. Don't even know the condition of that. Some athletes that are top athletes for some time and they have not been training. You don't know what they are doing in their house. So you understand all these things uh, is problem. As coach, if you have to come back, you have to start from scratch for what you have built before. Well, it is not all bad news in the sporting world. While some sportsmen are counting their losses, some will still enjoy the usual bonuses and allowances. Abdul Karim Hamed had a chat with the president of Sunshine Stars Football Club, Otumba Tajuddin Akinyemi. With the ongoing pandemic in the country, are we going to see a possible pay cut from Sunshine Stars to the players? No, it's not possible. Why should we cut off the players uh, something? You know, the Sunshine Star is being backed by the government. And if the government, if they pay civil servants, then we pay Sunshine Star players and the crew. Does that include the bonuses as well? Do they still get paid much bonuses? Everything, whatever they, uh, they are contracted on, they will, that, that will be paid. Mm. And that's what we've been doing. With social distancing and people not being able to gather, you, you, we, are, we have to worry about your players' fitness and the likes. How does the club plan to, you know, make sure the you players know, stay fit? Yeah, you know, this, uh, this we didn't plan... Uh, we didn't plan on this before, but what we did is, uh, you know, to encourage them that you know they should be training individually. They should go out for workouts. They should train in the, whenever they, in, the, in whatever compound or whatever beach. But they must train alone. They must not train with other people. It's just the problem we have. And you know, football is about bringing people together. So, but with this, uh, we at least individually will be able to practice and get ready for the next season. So this is exactly what we are doing. We know the government, they are budget cuts. They, is it in the ministry, is it in federations and the like? So maybe the club is trying to, you know, self-sustain one way or another? If, well, if it affects every, uh, if it affects the government, there's nothing I can do about that. 
because um, 100% we depend on the government. And uh, with his uh, efforts, I mean, my own and uh, amiable governor, he has been doing his best and he has not taken us, uh, he has taken us very serious. So whatever the, it comes, we'll wait and see. But otherwise, we don't have any other way of uh, surviving. But it's, it's true, the government that we can survive. Uh, I would like to know your opinion on if you think the season should um, be cancelled or maybe it should be restarted once the whole pandemic is over. No, it has to. It has to be with the um, the uh, NFS and the NCDC. They are the people to decide when we want to start. For me, I want us to finish our league, notwithstanding uh, a league that is not uh, finished is always bringing problems for us. Let me give you an example. Look at the Yimba. They only play uh, is it 21, no, 19 or 20 matches, and they are in number six or whatever. And if they can play optimum till our 25 something, maybe they will be on top. You understand what I'm trying to say? But you know, if, if they are being deprived of doubt, you know, that is not nice for our football. From one type of sporting activities to a more entertaining one, the creative industry is feeling the heat of the coronavirus more due to the social distancing rule. The rules of social distances also mean concerts, album listening parties, movie premieres and shoots have been cancelled across Nigeria until further notice. For Luciano Paragon, the pandemic has affected his music career. He hopes to make more music later. Okay, look at the money involved. We're losing money. And you know what it means for you to, to be spending more than you earn. So you don't have where to replace what you're spending. So I know it's affecting every other industry, but this one is really <laughs> hitting us hard. Sports, as well as the entertainment industry, are big businesses worldwide. And people are automatically connected to them irrespective of their barriers. Sadly, the coronavirus pandemic is keeping apart people who once upon a time were bonded by these games. And on the flip side, it is forcing families who were too busy to spend time with each other to be together. Bumi Yakini, reporting. Okpaya Jai, the executive director of Genesis Cinemas, runs the second largest cinema chain in Nigeria. His business is one of the hardest hit by the pandemic. So how bad is it? This is the question I put to him. Okay, well, the reality is that we've been hit as, as bad as you can imagine. Um, we have all our 10 cinemas closed across the country. Um, we've, we've, um, it also slowed down some of our expansion plans. Um, we were to open in Cameroon in June. Uh, we were to open a second location in Port Harcourt in July as well. Um, and we had we, we had plans to open four more locations this year. Of all those cinemas, we still come on board. Um, however, things have seriously slowed down, um, and the time of opening has been affected. Currently, there is practically no revenue from the cinema business. So yes, it's been hit. Even from the month of March, we started experiencing a significant slowdown before it even affected, before there was a lockdown. And that's because other countries were affected and it had affected Hollywood releases across the world. Um, and because we're part of that ecosystem, it started to affect us even before the shutdown. 
Are you able to put um, 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 numbers on the sort of losses that um, the sector is experiencing? And I'm here talking about numbers perhaps specific to your business, but also numbers um, that are specific to the cinema sector in this country. The film business itself, and the reason why I say the film business is because our business is beyond film. So generally we make money from films, we make money from food and beverage, and we also make money from advertising. Um, the, the box office last year was about six billion naira, you know, in all, all cinemas uh, across the country, where about 25% of that. This year, however, we had projected that it would grow to anywhere between seven and eight billion. But the reality is that uh, that projection is now going to be about half, about 50% for the year, because uh, more or less the first quarter. Um, was a bit slow. It was all right. It was a bit slow. But the second and third quarters are going to be very, very, very grim, for lack of a better word. Um, so we really expect recovery on the, in the second half of the year. Um, now, that, that speaks purely to the film revenue. I mean, the other revenues are just as important, probably even more important to us as a business. And it's not just on the cinema business. It's also even on the local film industry, because the cinema... Um, represents, you know, a major uh, commercial end in the value chain for the Nigerian film industry as a whole. So you say, you know, you you are looking at uh, a growth that is going to tank, but you are also assuming that you'll be able to get back to business uh, before the end of the year. How quickly, once the lockdown um, has been lifted, and once you know we've been given the all clear, is your business able to 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 get moving? So we anticipate that um, business will start to get back from the third quarter. Um, if I use the release schedules from uh, Hollywood, um, some of the titles that have been cancelled were pushed to July. So there's a general assumption that whatever happens. Um, business can sort of start to kick off from the month of July. But, but, th- but this is taking into account sort of American um, trajectory of the disease. And as you well know, the disease sort of started rampaging Europe and the States way before it hit us. And so if our own curve ends up taking place a little bit further down the line, we hope it doesn't, and that, you know, we've seen the worst of it. But if, if that happens then literally our timetables will be different for recovery, surely. Well, we obviously have taken a bit of a more optimistic um, position um, where we think that we can start to see, I mean, at least resumption of business from around the month of, from around July. I think that cinemas globally expect, and I'm also saying this from, because we're part of the Global Cinema Federation as well. I think the general anticipation is that cinemas will start to come back um, anytime from June, July, global events happen. In terms of the direct impact of this um, on your staff and the people that work for you, have you had to um, let people go or how are you managing the fallout um, when it comes to employment? Things are still as they are. We haven't let anybody go. Um, we don't intend to let people go. Um, but to be very honest with you, it's also a function of how long this lasts. Um, you know, we hope that a few things that the government has put in place will materialize in good time. Some of the things that have been said, um, for example, a moratorium on loans, 
um, lower interest rates, um, suspension on uh, tax payments on VATs and all of those things. If those things are put in place quickly enough, um, then it's easier to weather the storm um, and, you know, uh, it's easier to keep the businesses going without having to let people go start. The impact on the entertainment sector has not been even. So while uh, businesses that entail people going out and socializing have taken a hit, we've seen businesses that um, deliver content to people at home, for example, gaming, films, etc., etc., actually grow through this pandemic. So do you think we're going to see an impact on the way the sector as a whole evolves as a result of the lessons learned from this pandemic? Are things going to change? Are we going to see more innovation um, that allows perhaps people to experience um, uh, entertainment and content uh, differently? Or what do you think? Um, I think there will be changes. And I think there are already changes even before the pandemic. Um, over the last few years, we've seen a lot of uh, improvement in our sector in terms of the quality of the projection, uh, and the quality of the sound, and the general experience. So you also have specialized um, experiences like the IMAX or the ScreenX or 4DX. These are all different experiences that goes beyond just going to see a movie. Um, so I think that more and more we're, we're evolving our business to, you know, to be more of not just seeing a movie, to be more of an experience. The uh, technology options that deliver content to your homes is not necessarily an alternative. Uh, the key thing that drives our business is the content. And as long as those exclusive content remains, um, then the cinema business remains. So as long as the cinema continues to be an exclusive place where people can monetize their content, both locally and internationally, um, it continues to be a, 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 an important sector to protect in the interest of, uh, you know, of everyone. It will continue to coexist with the, with the other forms of uh, content delivery. Um, but I think that over the long term, we continue to uh, have a viable business, more even in Africa, West cinema is still a relatively new, well, modern cinema is still relatively new in a lot of parts in, in, in Nigeria. I mean, some of the states I mentioned earlier in Oweri, in Abia, were the only cinema in some of those locations. And we think that the, the prospects are very, are very huge going into the future. Like many, veteran footballer and sports entrepreneur Shegun Odegbami's business has been affected by the pandemic. But... He believes the disease represents an opportunity for the world and Nigeria in particular to do a reset, as he told me when we spoke. Let me start by saying that, uh, yes, you are absolutely right that the world is not going to be the same again, and it should not be, because the way we were treating the world, even before now, what we have done to our environment, to ourselves, even as human beings, we were not doing well. And we needed something to slow us down to that point where we would self-destruct. The world was not actually going in a good direction. And so something needed to stop us. And for some reason, this pandemic came, as bad as it is, um, I have been advised not to curse the darkness, but to look beneath it, because underneath it, there would be a hidden treasure. Even from out of all of this, I can see that a new world will emerge, 
and that new world would not contain all those things that were leading us to destruction. Part of the criticism of this world that um, the corona pandemic has emerged in is a world in which, um, for example, um, sports has become really commercial and where you have footballers earning millions and millions of dollars while teachers and doctors are barely able to eke out a living. Um, Do you see this pandemic as an opportunity for us to rethink even the way we engage with with sports, as positive as it is? Well, sports cuts across the entire spectrum of life. Yes, you are right that there's the element that is commercial, that is economy-driven. But also you are forgetting that sports actually is also health. Sport is the, is the environment. Sport is education. Sport is the economy. Sport is the, the huge entertainment and tourism and whole hospitality business. Sport is everything if you look at it. That's my finding in the nature of work that I have done. I have been in public health, for example, even though using my sport as a background. I have set up an institution that is driving education even though it is sport-driven. So what I'm saying is it cuts across the whole spectrum. You do not expect footballers not to earn huge sums of money if 4 billion people sit down to watch them play a football match. So it is, it is earned. The doctors that work with them earn whatever it is that they earn. The money in football, in sport, is, is huge. And so those who are active in it should benefit. But those are not the only things we should focus on, as I've said. The areas in sport that are most beneficial to mankind is education. Sport and education go together hand in hand. Sport and health, which is what we are facing today, the pandemic that we are facing today, it is about well-being. It is about the environment. How do we treat the environment? How do we treat ourselves within the environment? What do we do? Exercise is medicine. So it is not just the economy. It is the whole spectrum of life. And when you look at sports, as some of us look at it, we remember the words of Mandela that said that sport has the power to change the world, if only you know how. What precisely then are the sort of changes that we should be pushing for post-pandemic? First is our care of the environment. The environment is key to everything. Without the environment, nothing will sustain. The environment is about your health. The environment is about your community. The environment is about industry. The environment is even about what we are seeing now, social distancing, taking care of each other, ourselves, within this space that we live in. Let's take care of the environment. What the environment taking care of, every other thing will come to play. And specific, again, to Nigeria, what are the sort of things that you'd like to see happening? Well, (laughs) why did you laugh just then when I asked that question? You have to explain (laughs) that chuckle to us. I will explain to you. I will explain to you. You see, when you see what the other advanced cultures are doing, when I see how China how France, how the UK, how the US are 
trying to cope with the pandemic and I see where we are here, for example, in Nigeria that you mentioned, we are just a keg of gunpowder waiting to explode because there is nothing, there is absolutely nothing here that comes even near a fraction of what is going on in those advanced cultures and yet see what they are going through. So you might as well just say that hell we have no hope. But I tell you something, that for us here in Nigeria, we are presented an opportunity such as has never happened in our human history, maybe in Africa. And I believe somehow that nature has a way of balancing itself, that even what we have here that is not so advanced, we, we come to our aid down the road to manage this situation that is seemingly impossible for us to manage. And at the end, the lessons we are going to derive from this is a focus on ourselves here. But here we have the resources. We have the mineral resources. Now we have the human capacity. Other in the diaspora, everywhere. Now we know that this is home. Nowhere else is home. We have to come back and fix this environment with the resources that we have, that we are using now to fix other, other civilizations and other, other countries. Now we focus on ourselves. So I see a world beyond the pandemic situation that will take this land, this environment, to become the center, the epicenter of a new kind of development and advancement. We are not going to, we are going to use what we have, the strength that we have in our culture, in our language, in our history, to make those advancements slowly, Slowly, we should not run a race to catch up with the rest of the world. We should run our race with nature and that which we are endowed with here. That seems to be a disadvantage. But after this pandemic, we are going to use that as an advantage. The COVID-19 pandemic has forced an adjustment of dates for various sports festivals across the world, including the Olympics. In a conversation with Abdul Karim Ahmed, the Minister for Youth and Sports Development, Sunday Diary, says he will continue to engage and support athletes to ensure they remain in shape for the Games. The Ministry first is taking its lead from the calendar of the International Olympic Committee. We must work with the calendar of the Olympic Committee. We have already activated several levels of our preparation before the pandemic came and we had to shut it down. The plans we have now is a continuous engagement with our athletes to know what they're doing, to know what their training plans are, and to see how we can support them. So whether they train at home or they train abroad, we want to keep them on a training plan. Also, the National Sports Festival was also altered due to the um, coronavirus. We know that by, by in the case of the Olympics, it was postponed by a year. Are we also looking at the possibility that the festival will still hold this year or we might get a possible postponement as well? Now, we're going to have to wait and see how it improves, particularly the Nigerian situation. We'll be relying on the NCDC, the health ministry, and several other uh, stakeholders, and then there are indicators that will give us uh, a clear go-ahead. So our hope is that the National Sports Festival can hold this year. Talking about resources, what is the economical financial implication of the postponement of the National Sports Festival? Like I said, and I think one of the most painful decisions I've had to make was to 
advise and announce the postponement of the National Sports Festival. When you look at the investment that has gone in on the part of the host state and district, in terms of infrastructure, logistics, training, it's massive. There are commitments that have been made, contracts uh, at different levels. But, you know, even for the federal government at the level of the ministry, we've gotten everything ready. It was postponed five days to the time it was supposed to start. So we've made almost 80% commitments, you know, the medals are ready, the jersey, the track suits, all necessary things are ready. What is happening is real. It has serious health implications. I think that trumps everything. It, it trumps even the cost. But you know, some of the costs have also gone into providing infrastructure that will endure, that, that will stand the test of time. So I want to know, would you advise that the um, professional football league be um, completely scrapped and restarted or you'd actually wait for the pandemic to be over and maybe possibly continue? Uh, I don't want to preempt what the NFF and also the, the experts working with them will come forward with. We've had uh, conversations around that. As a ministry, we want to wait to have the feedback from the NFF. We have an opportunity to re-examine in the light of COVID-19 and also to learn from the responses and reactions and steps taken by similar professional leagues that are even bigger than ours to see their responses. So I would prefer to wait for that feedback from them, and then we can have the conversation around that. Yeah. Having been hit by um, budget cuts, how do you plan to self-sustain or raise funds that would, so that would um, see you through this um, period, given that we also don't know when the um, coronavirus pandemic is going to um, go away we don't know how long it's going to be around for how do you plan to self-sustain the ministry we have started a model a ppp model and initiatives that are started bringing private money into sports development and also youth development so we, we just want we're going to have to leverage on some of these public private initiatives we match whatever funds that we get from government under the circumstance with the funds that is coming in from the private sector, and then we prioritize the programs that are most important. The sports festival is key for us. The preparation for the Olympics is key. Then the preparation for uh, the Cup of Nations. So we're going to just prioritize what are the key cardinal programs that we need to do. And I think that's that's going to take place virtually uh, with every ministry of government. And that's it for this edition of NOW. I am Kadria Ahmed. And I'm Juliet Obata.